0: Chapter 21 of Old Wells Dug Out. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marcia Payne. Old Wells Dug Out by Thomas Talmage. The Christian Needlewoman now there was at joppa a certain disciple named tabitha which by interpretation is called dorcas acts chapter nine verse thirty six there is in joppa a seaport town a woman with her needle embroidering her name in effaceably into the charities of the world i see her sitting in the village home in the doorway and around about the building and in the room where she sits are the pale faces of the poor. She listens to their plight. She pities their woe. She makes garments for them. She adjusts the manufactured articles to suit the bent form of this invalid woman and to the cripple that comes crawling on his hands and knees. She gives a coat to this one, she makes sandals for that one. With the gifts she mingles prayers and tears and Christian encouragement. Then she goes out to be greeted on the street corners by those whom she has blessed, and all through the street the cry comes, Dorcas is coming. The sick look up gratefully in her face as she puts her hand on the burning brow, and the lost and the abandoned start up with hope as they hear her gentle voice as though an angel had addressed them and as she goes out the lane eyes half put out with sin think they see a halo of light around her brow and a trail of glory in her pathway that night a half-paid shipwright climbs the hill and reaches home and sees his little boy well clad and says where did these clothes come from and they tell him dorcas has been here in another place a woman is trimming a lamp dorcas brought the oil in another place a family that had not been at table for many a week are gathered now for dorcas has brought bread. But there is a sudden pause in that woman's ministry. They say, where is Dorcas? Why, we haven't seen her for many a day. Where is Dorcas? And one of these poor people goes up and knocks at the door and finds the mystery solved. All through the haunts of wretchedness the news comes— Dorcas is sick no bulletin flashing from the palace gate telling the stages of a king's disease is more anxiously awaited for than the news from this sick benefactress alas for joppa there is wailing wailing that voice which has uttered so many cheerful words is hushed that hand which had made so many garments for the poor is cold and still that star which had poured light into the midnight of wretchedness is dimmed by the blinding mists that go up from the river of death in every god-forsaken place in that town wherever there is a sick child and no balm wherever there is hunger and no bread wherever there is guilt and no commiseration wherever there is a broken heart and no comfort there are despairing looks and streaming eyes and frantic gesticulations as they cry dorcas is dead they send for the apostle peter He urges his way through the crowd around the door and stands in the presence of the dead. What expostulation and grief all about him. Here stand some of the poor people who show the garments which this poor woman had made for them. Their grief cannot be appeased the apostle peter wants to perform a miracle he will not do it amidst the excited crowd so he kindly orders that the whole room be cleared the door is shut against the populace the apostle stands now with the dead oh it is a serious moment you know when you are alone with a lifeless body The apostle gets down on his knees and prays, and then he comes to the lifeless form of this one, all ready for the sepulchre, and in the strength of him who is the resurrection, he exclaims, Tabitha, arise! There is a stir in the fountains of life. The heart flutters, the nerves thrill, the cheek flushes, The eye opens she sits up we see in this subject dorcas the disciple dorcas the benefactress dorcas the lamented dorcas the resurrected if i had not seen that word disciple in my text i would have known this woman was a christian such music as that never came from a heart which is not corded and strung by divine grace before i show you the needlework of this woman i want to show you her regenerated heart the source of a pure life and of all christian charities i wish that the wives and mothers and daughters and sisters of this congregation would imitate dorcas in her discipleship before you sit with the sabbath class before you cross the threshold of the hospital before you carry a pack of tracks down the street before you enter upon the temptations and trials of tomorrow, i charge you in the name of god and by the turmoil and tumult of the judgment day o oh women that you attend to the first last and greatest duty of your life the seeking for god and being at peace with him now by the courtesies of society you are deferred to and he were less than a man who would not oblige you with kind attentions but when the trumpet shall sound there will be an uproar and a wreck of mountain and continent and no human arm can help you amidst the rising of the dead and amidst the boiling of the sea and amidst the live leaping thunders of the flying heavens there will be no chance for courtesies but on that day calm and placid will be every woman's heart who hath put her trust in christ calm notwithstanding all the tumult as though the fire of the heavens were only the gildings of an autumnal sunset as though the peal of the trumpet were only the harmony of an orchestra as though the awful voices of the sky were but a group of friends bursting through a gateway at even time with laughter and shouting dorcas the disciple would god that every mary and every martha would this day sit down at the feet of jesus further we see dorcas the benefactress history has told the story of the crown the epic poet has sung of the sword the pastoral poet with his verses full of the redolence of clover tops and a rustle with the silk of the corn has sung the praises of the plough i tell you the praises of the needle from the fig-leaf robe prepared in the garden of eden to the last stitch taken last night on the garment of the tabernacle fair the needle has wrought wonders of kindness generosity and benefaction it adorned the girdle of the high priest it fashioned the curtains in the ancient tabernacle it cushioned the chariots of king solomon it provided the robes of queen elizabeth and in high places and in low places by the fire of the pioneer's backlog and under the flash of the chandelier everywhere it has clothed nakedness it has preached the gospel it has overcome hosts of pinuary and want with the war cry of stitch, stitch, stitch. The operatives have found a livelihood by it, and through the mansions of the employer have been constructed. Amidst the greatest triumphs in all ages and lands, I set down the conquests of the needle. I admit its crimes. I admit its cruelties it has had more martyrs than the fire it has butchered more souls than the inquisition it has punctured the eye it has pierced the side it has struck weakness into the lungs it has sent madness into the brain it has filled the potter's field it has pitched whole armies of the suffering into crime and wretchedness and woe but now i am talking of dorcas and her ministries to the poor i shall speak only of the charities of the needle this woman was a representative of all those women who make garments for the destitute who knit socks for the barefooted who prepare bandages for the lacerated who fix up boxes of clothing for western missionaries who go into the asylums of the suffering and destitute bearing that gospel which is sight for the blind and hearing for the deaf and which makes the lame man leap like a heart and brings the dead to life immortal health bounding in their pulses what a contrast between the practical benevolence of this woman and a great deal of the charity of this day this woman did not spend her time idly planning how the poor of joppa were to be relieved she took her needle and relieved them she was not like those persons who sympathize with imaginary sorrows and go out in the street and laugh at the boy who has upset his basket of cold victuals or like that charity that makes a rousing speech on the benevolent platform and goes out to kick the beggar from the step crying hush your miserable howling the sufferers of the world want not so much theory as practice not so much tears as dollars not so much kind wishes as loaves of bread not so much smiles as shoes not so much god bless you as jackets and frocks i will put one earnest christian man hard-working against five thousand mere theorists on the subject of charity there are a great many who have fine ideas about church architecture who never in their life help to build a church. There are men who can give you the history of Buddhism and Mohammedanism, who never sent a farthing for their evangelization. There are women who talk beautifully about the suffering of the world, who never had the courage, like Dorcas, to take the needle and assault it. I am glad that there is not a page of the world's history which is not a record of female benevolence. God says to all lands and people, Come now, and hear the widow's mite rattle down into the poor box. The Princess of Conti sold all her jewels that she might help the famine stricken. Queen Blanche the wife of louis the eighth of france hearing that there were some persons unjustly incarcerated in the prisons went out amidst the rabble and took a stick and struck the door as a signal that they might all strike it and down went the prison door and out came the prisoners queen Maud, the wife of henry the first went down amidst the poor and washed their sores And administered to them cordials. Mrs. Retson at Matagorda appeared on the battlefield while the missiles of death were flying around and cared for the wounded. But why go so far back? Why go so far away? Is there a man or woman in this house who has forgotten the women of the sanctuary and Christian commissions? Or the fact that, before the smoke had gone up from Gettysburg and South Mountain, the women of the North met the women of the South on the battlefield, forgetting all their animosities while they bound up the wounded and closed the eyes of the slain? Have you forgotten? Dorcas the Benefactress. I come now to speak of Dorcas the Lamented when death struck down that good woman oh how much sorrow there was in joppa i suppose there were women there with large fortunes women perhaps with handsomer faces but there was no grief at their departure like this at the death of dorcas There was not more turmoil and upturning in the Mediterranean Sea, dashing against the wharfs of that seaport, than there were surgings to and fro of grief in Joppa because Dorcas was dead. There are a great many that go out of life and are unmissed. There may be a very large funeral, there may be a great many carriages and a plumed hearse There may be high-sounding eulogisms, the bell may toll at the cemetery gate, there may be a very fine marble shaft reared over the resting place, but the whole thing may be a falsehood and a sham. The church of God has lost nothing, the world has lost nothing, it is only a nuisance abated, it is only a grumbler ceasing to find fault. It is only an idler stopped yawning. It is only a dissipated fashionable parted from his wine cellar. While, on the other hand, no useful Christian leaves this world without being missed. The church of God cries out like the prophet Howl, fir tree, for the cedar has fallen. Widowhood comes and shows the garments which the departed had made orphans are lifted up to look into the calm face of the sleeping benefactress reclaimed vagrancy comes and kisses the cold brow of her who charmed it away from sin and all through the streets of joppa there is mourning mourning because dorcas is dead I suppose you have read of the fact that when josephine was carried out to her grave there were a great many men and women of pomp and pride and position that went out after her but i am most affected by the story of history that on that day there were ten thousand of the poor of france who followed her coffin weeping and wailing until the air rang again because when they lost josephine they lost their last earthly friend oh who would not rather have such obsequies than all the tears that were ever poured in the lacrimals that have been exhumed from ancient cities there may be no mass for the dead there may be no costly sarcophagus There may be no elaborate mausoleum, but in the damp cellars of the city, and through the lonely huts of the mountain glen, there will be mourning, 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 because Dorcas is dead. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. They rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. I speak to you of Dorcas the Resurrected. THE APOSTLE CAME TO WHERE SHE WAS AND SAID, ARISE, AND SHE SAT UP, IN WHAT A SHORT COMPASS THE GREAT WRITER PUTS THAT, SHE SAT UP, OH, WHAT A TIME THERE MUST HAVE BEEN WHEN THE APOSTLE BROUGHT HER OUT AMONG HER OLD FRIENDS, HOW THE TEARS OF JOY MUST HAVE STARTED, WHAT CLAPPING OF HANDS THERE MUST HAVE BEEN, WHAT SINGING, WHAT LAUGHTER sound it all through that lane shout it down that dark alley let all joppa hear it dorcas is resurrected you and i have seen the same thing many a time not a dead body resuscitated but the deceased coming up again after death in the good accomplished if a man labours up to fifty years of age serving god and then dies We are apt to think that his earthly work is done, but no. His influence on earth will continue till the world ceases. Services rendered for Christ never stop. Here is a Christian woman. She toils for the upbuilding of a church through many anxieties, through many self-denials, with prayers and tears, and then she dies. It fifteen years since she went away now the spirit of god descends upon that church hundreds of souls stand up and confess the faith of christ has that christian woman who went away fifteen years ago nothing to do with these things i see the flowering out of her noble heart i hear the echo of her footsteps in all these songs over sins forgiven In all the prosperity of the church, the good that seemed to be buried has come up again. Dorcas is resurrected. After a while, all these womanly friends of Christ will put down their needle forever. After making garments for others, someone will make a garment for them. The last robe we ever wear, the robe for the grave you will have heard the last cry of pain you will have witnessed the last orphanage you will have come in worn out from your last round of mercy i do not know where you will sleep nor what your epitaph will be but there will be a lamp burning at that tomb and an angel of god guarding it and through all the long night no rude foot will disturb the dust sleep on sleep on soft bed pleasant shadows undisturbed repose sleep on asleep in jesus blessed sleep from which none ever wake to weep then one day there will be a sky rending and a whirl of wheels and the flash of a pageant armies marching chains clanking banners waving thunders booming and that christian woman will arise from the dust and she will be suddenly surrounded surrounded by the wanderers of the street whom she reclaimed surrounded by the wounded souls to whom she administered daughter of god so strangely surrounded what means this it means that reward has come that the victory is won, that the crown is ready, that the banquet is spread. Shout it through all the crumbling earth, sing it through all the flying heavens, Dorcas is resurrected. In 1855, when some of the soldiers came back from the Crimean War to London, the Queen of England distributed among them beautiful medals called Crimean medals. I think of it just now, as I recently had a book presented me representing that beautiful Crimean medal. Galleries were erected for the two houses of Parliament and the royal family to sit in. There was a great audience to witness the distribution of the medals. A colonel, who had lost both feet in the Battle of Inkerman, was pulled in on a wheelchair others came in limping on their crutches. Then the Queen of England arose before them in the name of her government, and uttered words of commendation to the officers and the men, and distributed these medals, inscribed with the four great battlefields, Alma, Baklava, Inkerman, and Sepropol as the queen gave these to the wounded men and the wounded officers and the bands of music struck up the national air the people with streaming eyes joined in the song god save our noble queen long live our gracious queen god save the queen and then they shouted huzza huzza Oh, it was a proud day for those returned warriors. But a brighter, better, and gladder day will come when Christ shall gather those who have toiled in his service good soldiers of Jesus Christ. He shall rise before them, and in the presence of all the glorified of heaven he will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. And then he will distribute the medals of eternal victory, not inscribed with works of righteousness, which we have done, but with those four great battlefields dear to earth and dear to heaven, Bethlehem, Nazareth, Gethsemane, Calvary. End of chapter 21. Reading by Marcia Payne.